Hi, this is Scott Thompson. Welcome to the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends and feel free to subscribe. Coming up on today's show, the first leadership debate is televised. However, the prime minister isn't there. Did it help or hurt? And we all remember the college scandals in the United States where people who were well-heeled paid a fortune to get their kids into schools they didn't deserve to be in. Felicity Huffman, the first one to face a judge. It's all coming up on the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Thanks for listening. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Last night, three of the four political leaders debated in a two-hour long, not quite two-hour long debate. Uh, to talk more about all of this, Kevin Bosch is with us, Vice President at Hill Knowlton Strate- Strategies and is with us now. Kevin, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. So your thoughts last night on uh, the PM's no-show, uh, good to stay out of the line of fire or better to stand up and paint your own narrative? Well, I, I think it probably made sense for him to, to not do uh, this debate. Um, he, had, he had said all along he wanted to set up a, an independent consortium that would, that would determine when the debates would happen to take the politics out of the issue. Last election, we had five debates because it, it all became a bit, bit of a political gamesmanship. Um, Harper didn't do the English consortium debate in the end. So uh, he had set up this independent commission and said, I'm going to do, do these debates. So I, I think he wanted to stick with his, um, his, his view that if, if he did that debate, then he's got to do, you know, uh, the month debate. He's got to do every, every debate that, that, that comes forward. And I'm sure all these groups across Canada would love to have a debate. I'm sure, um, I'm sure, uh, the, the, the smaller parties would like to have as many debates as possible because they're trying to get attention. But I think when, when you're the front runner, I mean, perhaps he wanted to sort of, you know, get his message out directly. Uh, so there's obviously the, the one official uh, consortium debate and the French version of that. And then he's doing another French debate. Why that debate, yeah. do you think? Well, I, I, I think that, that speaks to the politics of, of the campaign. Uh, Quebec is going to be a pretty important um, uh, province in this in this election, and, and particularly for the Liberals. I think the Liberals are expecting they, they can gain seats in Quebec, in, in rural Quebec, in the upcoming campaign. Uh, as, you, as you know, right now the Liberals hold every seat in Atlantic Canada. They, you know, um, uh, 80 seats in, in Ontario. Uh, they're expected to, to lose some seats, so you've got to make it up somewhere else if you want to hang on to your majority. And so for the Liberals, they're looking for Quebec. And uh, TVA is a very popular network in, in rural Quebec, and so I think uh, the Liberals just saw this one as an opportunity they couldn't pass up. Uh, does it, uh, is Elizabeth May at that debate? Um, I don't think she's been invited to it. Um, I, I, I think she should be there. I, I thought she did really well uh, yesterday. In my opinion, she was the standout at, at the... Um, yeah, she did handle herself debate. quite yeah. well, didn't she? I thought so. I, I thought she came off very knowledgeable. You, you know that she knows her stuff. Uh, ran away with the environment section there. Um, would have liked to see her talk a bit more about their economic policy because I think people are giving, um, they're looking at the Greens a little bit more seriously than, than maybe they have in the past. They're expected to, you know, win, you know, maybe a, a larger number of seats this time around. And so I would, I would like to see her talk more about some of the economic policy than, than she did last night. Uh, we'll get into some of the uh, individual performances in just a sec, but getting back to uh, the Prime Minister doing one debate and then the French version of that and then taking on the other French uh, debate, which Elizabeth May is not in, and let's be honest, I mean, that's a, that, that's a fight between the Liberals and the Greens as well. Uh, what does that say? I mean, doesn't this appear like he's, he's, he's picking his battles, he's eliminating one of his uh, prominent counterpoints, especially on the, on the environmental issues, uh, and seems to be prioritizing Quebec? 
Well, I, I would say, um, quite frankly, I think the Liberals would want the Greens in the debate. Um, you know, when the Greens go up in the polls, that tends to come at the uh, cost of the NDP more than, than, than any other party. So um, yeah, I know last election, the Liberals were fighting hard to get Elizabeth May in the debate. So I would think that they would want them um, in the debates. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get too excited about the fact that he's only doing three debates this election. I mean, normally at election time, we have two debates. If you, if you go back, you know, election debates in Canada started... No, for me, for me, though, for me, Kevin, the issue is, uh, again, if you decide to do the, you know, the official English debate, the official French debate and leave it at that, that's one thing. But then he's obviously chose to do extra. So, again, just like he, if he does the monk debate, he's got to do all the rest. Well, he's done this one. So that's sort of the same thing. So how come he's done? I think people are going to look at this and say, well, how come you're doing two French and one English when you're trying to keep this restricted? And then you're not inviting Elizabeth May, who on the environmental policy, you're going toe to toe with. Well, well, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it, I think it—it's it, it, as I said, it's the politics of the issue that it's just too much for the Liberals to pass up when it, when you're when you're speaking directly to to Quebec and yeah. to and to large. But do you think that, how do you think that plays in the rest of the country? I guess was my question. Um, well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm sure people would like to to hear from the leaders as much as possible. I just know, I mean, I've worked on six national leaders camp, uh, election campaigns, and I know how much uh, a national debate takes out of a campaign. You you basically lose a debate a day. Every time you do a debate, because you're doing preparation uh, with a leader, you basically go down for the day. Um, so if, if Trudeau had done the debate in, um, you know, in Toronto yesterday, he couldn't have been in Kamloops. And yeah, but we see Victoria. we see we yeah. see that every single day of a however many yeah. day campaign. I mean, these are the novelty things yep. that stand out. The I mean, the other yep. stuff's just day to day issues that comes out of the organ grinder every day. Yeah, and, and I think I think it made it made more sense last election when you had an eighty day campaign. You could you could fit in five debates. I I don't know that really you can fit in five debates in, in a standard you know thirty six or forty day campaign campaign that we have now. But um, you know, and and, and I, seriously, I, I do think the Liberals would, would prefer if the Greens were there because I mean. Um, having Elizabeth May there, uh, I'm sure if the it, Prime Minister wanted her there, he could say, "Hey, you know what? If you bring her here, well, I'll show up." I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I mean, the organizers set the terms for the debates, and that's sometimes reasons why leaders will participate and not participate. And I mean, I, I bet you Justin Trudeau would love if Maxime Bernier were there because, you know, Maxime Bernier t- tends to cut in more to uh, the conservative uh, vote than anybody Yeah, but else. I but, think that's an apples and oranges debate. I mean, as I said, yeah. toe-to-toe on the green environmental issues. Uh, that's the debate between uh, yeah. those two. But anyway, uh, talking about the others at the debate, sure. uh, you talked about Elizabeth May. She seemed very mm-hmm. relaxed uh, and, and very casual with the whole uh, with the whole debate. She, she, she did. She, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised she was comfortable. That was probably, I don't know, her 12th or 14th uh, leaders' debate. She's been, been around the federal scene for some time. I thought Jagmeet Singh did did quite well. In, in politics, it's all about exceeding expectations, and um, you know, expectations have been quite low on him for some time. Uh, but I thought he did really well yesterday. He was he was relaxed. He was he had some good attacks on Andrew Scheer, um, good engagement with uh, Elizabeth May even. So um, I, I thought many people are saying he won the debate. I I can certainly see why you could see that. Uh, so your thoughts on Andrew Shear's performance? Andrew Shear, I mean, I, I think it was a bit of a risky strategy for Andrew Shear. I mean, w- w- the fact that uh, Justin Trudeau wasn't there meant that, you know, he was sort of the top dog. He was, you know, the, the other guy who's vi- vying for the right. Prime Minister. He's the next the target if the Prime Minister's not there. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah. and he was the target yesterday. I mean, you saw that both the, the Greens and the NDP were coming at him from both sides, you know, and I, I think did land some punches on him with the environment or Indigenous uh, policy and whatnot. Um, 
you know, I mean, you, you saw Andrew Shear was looking at the camera talking just about Justin Trudeau. I don't, don't know how many times he said the prime minister's name last night, but he said a lot. Um, you know, he was, he was calm. He, there was no kill shot that was um, no knockout punch that was landed on him. So in that regard, um, by surviving, maybe, maybe he did okay. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, he, he does expose himself to sort of being uh, open to these attacks without, without Justin Trudeau being there. And I know he's going to do another debate where, where, where Trudeau's not going to be. So that, that could also be um, uh, a, a, a possibility where, where he, he might open himself to some sort of uh, attack. Advantage to not having the prime minister at those debates. Um, well, sure. I mean, it, it, it gave more attention to those people who are actually there. So, yeah. so if, if you're Andrew Scheer, you know, you get your message out. I, I think, you know, um, everybody knows who Justin Trudeau is in, in Canada. Not everybody knows who Andrew Scheer is. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I think he, he um, got, got an, an ability to sort of uh, present himself to Canadians in that regard. Um, certainly, if you're one of the smaller parties, you know, Elizabeth May, Jagmeet Singh, you definitely want this kind of platform, this kind of national attention. So it was, it was more room for them to speak. Uh, what can each learn for the next one? Well, I think that, that was very interesting. I mean, you, um, you know, even Justin Trudeau can, can review the tape and sort of see, well, here's how they're going to come at me, right? That was so, my next question is, obviously, yeah, his yeah. staff, he was watching this. They were aware of what's going no on. Question. What do, you, what do, yeah. you, what do yeah. you think their take was on all of this? Well, I, I think for them, they'll, they'll see it as, okay, this was sort of a, a dry run. They can say, see, okay, this, this is what Andrew Shearer is going to do. This is what Jagmeet Singh is going to do. This is what I, what I can expect. So, I um, mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, football coaches. They, they, they watch the games. of uh, Yeah, the game film. Playing, playing. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And so they'll review this. They'll review the next debate. And, uh, um, you know, it, by, by Trudeau only participating in the other debates, it does, it does sort of make those debates much more important, give them much more profile, I will, I will expect. Um, so he'll want to be ready for, for those debates. But, um, how do other uh, how do the other opposition parties handle the fact that he's not at these debates, and how will that change the one where he is there? Um, I, I, I think it's it's obviously better for them if he's there. I mean, when, when you're trying to land an attack, if if the person's not there to to receive it, um, you know, it just lands it doesn't land as strongly as, as, as if they're there, right? So. Um, I, 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 I get why they're trying to goad him and say, yeah, you got to do all these debates. And, um, you know, f- for him, um, as long as he's getting his message across to Canadians, um, choosing the venues to do it might, might be smart politics, even though I'm sure, you know, um, uh, political junkies like me would like, really like more debates because we, we just love these things, right? So uh, obviously the political junkies like us love this stuff. What about the general public? How are they viewing any of this? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much impact... Um, these debates have. I mean, it's, it's very rare that you sort of see a knockout blow, a, a defining moment in the debate. Maybe Brian Mulroney in 1984 against John Turner. Um, but, but you know, I, 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 in my, my time in politics, I've never seen a debate that, you know, you say, oh, that's absolutely changed the debate. Um, you know, sometimes it makes a difference. I think of Alberta where, um, you know, Rachel Notley was in the debate with, um, uh, and, and uh, she, she looked good, and, and Albertans were looking for an alternative to the Conservatives at the time, and the Wild Rose was not ready, and the Liberals were not ready, and they said, well, let's give, it, give a chance to this, this person. She looks very credible, and she ended up uh, winning a surprise election in, in 2015. Uh, do you think the, uh, what we saw last night moves the meter in any way for any of these parties? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it... it, it, it like I said, it, it may help Elizabeth May because you know, she came off as, as very knowledgeable, as on, on top of all her files. So that that might be very helpful for her. 
and and perhaps Jagmeet Singh too. I mean, he was sort of um, in a, in a bit of a difficult situation. They they they're, they're like a hundred candidates short for nomination. Um, really needed something to sort of staunch the bleeding in his campaign. And I, th- I think he can walk out of that debate, his head held high, and said, I, I did my job. So, uh, we've, so cer- yeah. we've certainly seen uh, the, the wave of green that has gone across the country and in some cases replaced uh, the NDP as the third option or, or protest mm-hmm. vote or, or what have you. Um, but again, primarily we know them for one policy. Did Elizabeth yeah. May do a good job on the economy and, and other questions that Canadians may have when it comes time to actually vote? Yeah, I, I, I don't think we saw enough of them on, on economic policy. I mean, um, you know, some, some of the stuff they talked about, I mean, she, 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 didn't, she didn't leave me with the impression that, that, that they've, they've mastered uh, fiscal responsibility. Um, on, on, uh, on the issue of uh, foreign affairs, um, she spent a lot of time talking about, about Israel and Palestine. Um, um, so I, I, I'm not sure that she... she um, um, Defined herself as sort of ready to govern. Very much, very much pro-Palestine. How do you think that goes? Well, well, it it was a real dividing line. I mean, you you saw you saw um, um, Andrew Scheer take a very pro-Israel stance, and you saw you saw um, Elizabeth May take a very pro-Palestine stand, and so there was a real demarcation between the the two parties there. Uh, So that so that'll uh, you know some people vote on on those issues. So that that'll that'll be. Uh, uh, clear for voters what you're getting with those two parties, uh, but but no, I, I don't think um, I, I think she really stood out in the environment, and um, that that's good, and, and it's good when I think environmental issues are going to be very top of mind. The concerns about climate change are very top of mind for Canadians this election. Um, that'll help the Greens. You know, I, I'm expecting them to walk away with like five or six seats after this this um, election. That's that's historic high for them, but it's obviously nowhere near. Um, forming government, and it may not be enough to hold the balance of power if it's a minority government. Uh, what about the debate format itself, the structure of it, the, talk, the topics yeah. talked about? Uh, the topics were good. Uh, moderator was great, uh, but I, I didn't like the format. I found there was a lot of talking over each other. I yeah. found over times where I, I couldn't really understand what anyone was saying. So mm-hmm. I'd prefer if you sort of gave a bit of a time to someone to speak and then let the others rebut. And and talking over each other just doesn't work for me. I agree. All right, Kevin Bosch has been with us, Vice President at Hill Knowlton Strategies. Kevin, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. My my pleasure. Have a good day. You you. too. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. As we were talking about in the last break, the debate was last night. Uh, One person that was uh, absent was, of course, the Prime Minister uh, with Andrew Scheer, Jagmeet Singh and Elizabeth May all participating. Let's bring in Cheryl Collier. She's Associate Professor, Political Science, University of Windsor. Back in class, she's with us now. Cheryl, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, happy to be here, Scott. So your thoughts on the Prime Minister not showing. Is it good to stay at home and stay out of the line of fire, or is it good to stand up there and paint your own narrative? I think this early in the campaign, it probably wasn't a bad decision on Trudeau's part, because as you saw, even with him not being there, he was the focus of attention. The only uh, the only thing that uh, he wasn't able to do was to, to combat uh, some of those uh, those barbs thrown his way, but uh, at the same time, um, it, you know, it kind of fell flat. I, I thought at times some of the, uh, the the rhetoric it almost sounded like a question period, where when the prime minister isn't there in the house and uh, and you hear some of the those same kinds of uh, 
of uh, observations, I suppose, uh, from opposition members and uh, not a lot of engagement on the other side of the House. Not that a lot of people watched question period, although I'm not even sure how many people were watching the debate last night. So uh, That's another interesting point. Uh, do people watch these? Do they just watch the clips of them on their local newscast, what have you? How much attention are they paying? Yeah, and that's hard to. I, I haven't seen any of the um, uh, the numbers on how many people tuned in. This is so early in this election cycle yeah. to have this debate. Um, it's you know that the it was on the same night as if you're watching if you're a political junkie and you want to watch debates, you might have been more interested in the Democratic U.S. debate that was happening on the same night. Uh, some of us speaking of speaking of lengthy campaigns. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. At least yeah, at least we don't have that to, yes. to contend with in Canada. Uh, yeah, the permanent campaign, that's where the, the concept of it uh, originated was in the U.S. Uh, they've pretty much mastered that uh, uh, never-ending campaign. But, um, yeah, it, it, people were uh, might have been more interested in watching the Democrats because uh, they went down from uh, two nights of ten people debating to one night, and people are a little bit interested to see who's going to take on Trump. Mind you, that's not the debate we're talking about here. But, uh, interestingly, the fact that they were both on the same night. Hmm. That's a lot of debates for people to, to potentially choose from uh, if you are interested in the first place. And that's another question uh, that uh, it, it's hard to hard to get a sense of at this point. Normally, we find in uh, campaigns, people are more interested nearer the end yeah. when they're thinking about actually casting their, their vote. So I would guess that this probably have, it will have one of the lower uh, uh, actual eyeball turnouts uh, uh, when we compare them to the other debates to come. And, uh, you know, some people might have written it off because Trudeau wasn't there, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if there's any lasting impact. But this is really early in the campaign. I would really doubt that there's a lot of lasting impact. I can certainly see why uh, uh, the liberal strategists don't necessarily want the prime minister in debates all over the place with everybody and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, you want to keep that limited. Uh, I can certainly see you know, the, the the main consortium debate and the French version of that. But then he's also decided to do another French language debate. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, earlier uh, we had a strategist that said, well, you know, if you do the monk debate, then you got to do this debate and that debate, whatever. So I can understand him sticking to the, the, the two official French and, and English debates. But why do the second? Well, I know why he's doing the second debate in Quebec. Yeah. It's obviously for, uh, for seats. But how is that perceived that he does one English uh, one French for for the, the that is sort of mandatory, but then does the extra French in which Elizabeth May is not even at that debate. And considering mm-hmm. what they go through toe to toe on the environmental file, uh, how is that viewed by can- Canadians? That's a good question. Um, again, because I don't know how many people are that tuned into debates writ large in Canada. And and there's there's uh, different kind of uh, opinions on how much of an impact it has. Only if you get that kind of gotcha moment. I think too, uh, when we talked about this election, whether or not it's a change election. I think it's, if it's a change election, a lot of people are interested in the election. You're going to have more eyeballs and more concern about debates and participation in debates. I don't really see that with this election. Um, I think uh, for a lot of people, they're they're going to pay attention, but whether or not they're going to pay as as rapt attention to whether or not everybody's participating in the debates and whether or not there's more than one 
Quebec debate, um, I, uh, I, I'm not sure about that. I would guess it's probably, if, if there is an impact, it's minimal, and it's probably among already decided voters uh, that are really keen on following this, uh, this election. Um, so, you know, when you hear people talk about it, you, you got to wonder whether or not they've already basically made up their mind, and lots of people will have done that. Um, the undecided, I, again, I don't think they're really tuned into it yet, and whether or not there's an extra debate in Quebec, I, I don't really think that that's going to bother them. Although, you know, I'd be interested to see somebody do uh, a poll on it to see that that, that improved me wrong. But um, my sense is that probably not. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, Cheryl, not only because it's a, a, an extra debate outside, which he said he wasn't going to do, but then mm-hmm. does this one. It's specifically in Quebec. And again, you, you can certainly see why that's that, that's, you know, home home turf for him. But mm-hmm. to 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 have that debate and not have Elizabeth May there after mm-hmm. all the struggles Elizabeth May has tried to get to even get into these way back when. And mm-hmm. and considering that climate change is is pretty much uh, the hottest issue for the liberals mm-hmm. right now. Uh, are you not surprised or do you not think people will look at this and say this is a this is a sham, man. You've got your biggest component, your biggest opponent on the environment and she's not even here. True, uh, but you know uh, that we'll have to see how that plays in Quebec specifically because I'm not sure Canadians outside Quebec uh, are going to be following what happens in the TVA Quebec mm-hmm. vote. Uh, to be honest with you, that it, unless something really surprising happens during it, and we're seeing less and less of those aha moments inside of a, a you know everybody's so scripted on these debate mm-hmm. performances. Uh, they're really good at avoiding uh, getting caught in any kind of uh, real big aha, oh, we got you moment, uh, you know, akin to back way back in the day when, uh, you know, Brian Mulroney got J- John Turner to to basically say he had to give patronage appointments to a bunch of people. And he said, you know, you had a choice, sir. You don't get those kinds of right. moments anymore. Uh, so I you know, I, I really would be surprised if people were following. Uh, if Green Party supporters absolutely are upset by this, just like uh, you had uh, People's Party uh, supporters outside of the, this debate last night asking why Maxime Bernier wasn't uh, uh, afforded uh, an opportunity to at least take up that empty spot they had for uh, Trudeau on on stage. Um, it, you know, there's uh, there's there's good reasons we can ask questions about why people are included or not. Um, and I think. Do you think the other op- do you think the other leaders, opposition leaders, will say, "Hey, where's Elizabeth May?" Just like they said, "Hey, where's the prime minister?" No, I don't think so, uh, because it doesn't really benefit them. It, it, potentially, they might say if you, the NDP might say it, uh, but it wasn't her choice to not be there, so that's a little bit different. Sorry, say that again. So, so uh, it's not her choice. Right. not be there it's it's she's she's been excluded so it's a little different um you know yeah. the ndp is going to take advantage because obviously and, and we saw a little bit of that in the debates last night the ndp and and the greens really do have a uh, a competition going on and that's that's an interesting uh kind of wrinkle or, or uh, development that we're not used to seeing in, in canadian politics all right so let's talk about individual performances last night what did you think um, I thought uh, Andrew Scheer uh, came across as, you know, prime ministerial, measured, um, didn't really get caught up too much, although I think he was surprised a couple of times that both uh, 
uh, Jagmeet Singh and uh, Elizabeth May ganged up on him, so to speak, on a couple of things. Um, and he wasn't as prepared, I don't think, for those attacks, um, other than to say, you know, that's not true, that's not true, kind of muttering under his breath. Um, I, you know, other than that, I thought he, he accomplished what he wanted to. He wanted to put the focus on, on the Liberals uh, and particularly on Trudeau. He did that repeatedly. He even got everybody to have a, a quote-unquote kumbaya moment when they all said, yeah, we, we think it's pretty uh, sad, uh, so to speak, that uh, Trudeau has decided to, to, to give a pass to this debate, and that basically means he's running away from his record. Um, and that's, uh, you know, at least there was that moment. Uh, people can go back to that. But, um, uh, you know, some people did say he wasn't as feisty. And so we'll be, I think we'll have to wait to see that piece. Um, but for a start, I think he did pretty well. Excuse me. Um, Jagmeet Singh actually also... Hang on a thought, second. Let's just let me ask you about Andrew Shear before we move sure, on. Yeah. Uh, Canadians, many have said that, uh, you know, much like Stephen Harper, uh, uh, Andrew Shear doesn't have a lot of chutzpah to him, not a lot mm-hmm. of glam, not a lot of mm-hmm. uh, charisma. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you think Canadians view that? Do they, do they want... Want, do they want glamour? Do they want show business? I mean, you know, look what's happening south of the border. Same sort. Of, are they ti- mm. are they tired of of the showbiz and just want a guy that you know it's calm, cool, collected, and runs the country? Well, you know, that's a really great question. I think people want to feel something, not just you know, here's a guy that's competent. Great, I'm going to put my check beside there. Unless you're upset about what's going on in the status quo, and then maybe the check goes in that box because. You, you know, right. this guy looks like he can do it. But other than that, you, you, you do need to feel something. You want to feel like I want to vote for this. This guy's inspiring. This, yeah. You know, this is why I want to get behind this. And you're, I think you're right. I don't think he has been able to do that to this point. Whether or not he is during this whole campaign will be a good uh, open question that I will be watching. I'm sure other people will. Whether or not he has it uh, to be able to do that, I don't think that's his big selling point. Um, I think actually Bernier, who was his uh, competition for the leadership has more of that ability mm. to actually connect with people and a little bit more of, uh, of that kind of chutzpah, if you want to say, um, at whether or not that's going to hurt him down the road, particularly if you kind of put him in the same boat as Harper, it might hurt him. Uh, you know, a lot of people still, Harper wasn't that long ago, and this is why you, you, you will see Trudeau uh, raising that specter, as did both the other two leaders on the stage last night, uh, I, you know, repeatedly uh, spoke about Harper and the fact that Sheer was, you know, a high-profile member in that, in, that, uh, in that government. I'm sorry I interrupted. So that your uh, thoughts on the other two performances? Sure, yeah. So uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh, I thought, did better. Um, he, I think he has a low bar. So this is, you know, for him. Yeah. Uh, let's get out there and let's let's uh, sound like I know something. And he did. He, he accomplished that. I, I understand that he did a ton of prep for this. Uh, it showed he was uh, good on the issues. Um, he has kind of a colloquial way of speaking that I don't know if people will, you know, they might find it endearing or not. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, com- it was a contrast to Shear's kind of more prime, prime ministerial kind of a persona. Um, but, you know, on the issues, he did, he was well informed and I thought he held his own very well. And for him, that is a very big positive because people really don't know much about him and he's been written off very early. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some people, uh, you know, maybe a tiny bit of a bump and in, in some confidence on, on at least him as a leader. I don't know if that's going to translate though 
at this point for uh, for any kind of uh, he's going to have to play off of this over over the course of the uh, obviously over the course of the campaign for it to to make move the needle so to speak on support for the NDP. Elizabeth May, she's a seasoned um, debater. You saw some of that coming out. Looked very relaxed. She did absolutely. She was comfortable. She was also well prepared, uh, particularly on the environment stuff. If you, I, I, I thought she was very strong on those uh, pieces. She clearly is, is you know, knows this file up and down much better than either of the other two. Even though they, they were were well prepared as well. Um, the uh, the only thing that I was a little concerned by, and she did get called out on this by both the other leaders, is uh, some of her kind of unusual, I would suggest, uh, policy um, uh, choices uh, that she's uh, that she's kind of come out with. Uh, the whole Israel Palestine uh, thing. Sure, yeah. there's that. Uh, also, the, uh, the the SNC Lavalin uh, idea of uh, you know let's let's be punitive and make them build things on yeah. on uh, community indigenous. community volunteering almost yeah community yeah. building yeah yeah kind of like yeah a community service that you would give somebody that stole you know a loaf of bread out of the the grocery store it's it's um maybe for some people that are that aren't <laughs> really kind of in tune with politics they might say oh that's an interesting idea but it really is kind of a little bit outside the box of the way we normally think of politics. And it, I don't know how it would work. Um, so uh, there were a couple of times that people were uh, kind of shining the light on some of those other areas of policy that the Green Party, I'm not sure they're as prepared to defend. And this is, again, a, a bigger question we're going to have to follow over the course of the, this campaign. Uh, well, uh, certainly we've seen uh, the Green Wave uh, come across the country, uh, very much replacing, in some situations, the NDP as the third option, as the protest vote. Uh, mm-hmm. What about May on other issues other than um, the obvious issue, which is the environment? That's that's the whole, uh, you, you know, right back to the branding of this part. Party. What about the economy? Is Elizabeth May doing enough to tell everyone else about the other por- uh, parts of uh, of her party? I don't think so. Um, I think she had opportunity to talk more about the economy. And um, instead, she seemed to be more attacking both the conservative and the NDP approach. Um, uh, you know, she's, uh, I don't really know if her fully costed program, you know, she did talk about the fact that the parliamentary budget officer is going to, if this hasn't happened yet, uh, sign off on their their platform uh, and say that it is costed, fully costed. So I guess that's something to come. Um, and and she, she, I think she's cognizant of the fact that people have questions about this, but I'm not sure if she had enough detail to, to kind of quell some of, uh, of the concerns that people will have that she really does know what she's doing, um, you know, and, and can take on uh, that role. Having said well, that, though, I don't know how many Canadians really think when she said, I'm ready to be prime minister, I actually turned to my son and said, well, that's going to be a stretch because <laughs> she's got a long haul to, to pull up a way more seats than she's ever you know, been able to to uh, to bring uh, to the Green Party in the House of Commons to, to, to get past a threshold where she would be, uh, you know, the de facto prime minister. So I'm not sure, you know, there there has to be some kind of a of a discussion about what does that mean? What what does her economic plan actually mean? Because she's not going to be putting it in place. And I think most people understand that that's 
that's really a big stretch to see. Her and you, and you know, it, it's interesting because uh, I think because a it's new and it adds a different color to the whole campaign. Uh, you know, and she's been trying. The party's been trying very hard for you know to get the notoriety that they finally have. Uh, and and even with everybody talking about it, really they're the same place that the NDP was way back when when mm-hmm. they were starting to make waves and people were trying and people were uh, giving them a chance to 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 be the third option. But then again, it, it's you know we haven't seen the NDP take that and translate that into votes either. No, that's correct. Uh, you know, the NDP has never formed government federally in Canada. Uh, whether or not they will ever be able to is a good question. I don't think they have good chance this time around. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but the numbers just don't seem to be there. What about uh, splitting the left and especially in a minority government? Well, this is what uh, the Andrew Shearer would like to see. So he, this was, this put him also in an awkward position of being attacked last night because he doesn't really want to attack too much both the other two parties because he would love it mm-hmm. if the Greens pulled in record numbers of, of votes. The NDP, you know, kept their – because really the last time they held a majority government was the orange wave in, in Quebec. It was when we saw, uh, you know, this, this wonderful sweep of, of – uh, of uh, seats to the NDP, wonderful if you're the NDP, because they formed the official opposition and the Liberals were in third place. And all of that, or most of it, was due to uh, vote splitting on the left. Um, the more that both of these other two parties are discounted, the less chance of that uh, occurring again will happen this time around. And that will hurt the Conservatives. You know, even though we've looked at some of the and the, the numbers are early right now, but um, we look at the fact that the Conservatives and the Liberals are virtually tied. If you think about their, the level of support they have out in Western Canada, it's off the charts, but there's only so many seats there. So when you're thinking about who has a better chance of forming a government and pulling in more seats, if all things being equal, the, uh, the support's the same. The support actually, uh, riding by riding, favors the Liberals at this point in time. So they know they have to, yeah. they have to somehow split that vote uh, or else they're just, they're looking at another opposition tenure or potentially, uh, you know, uh, just forcing a minority. But, uh, yeah, you know, we saw this last night. Could you see uh, either the NDP or the Greens propping up the, the Conservative Party, no. even though the NDP was trying to, or Jagmeet Singh was trying to get Elizabeth May to say she would prop up the Conservatives? I, I still don't see that happening. Uh, uh, an email from a listener. Sheer looked poised and confident, kept his focus on the camera as opposed to staring down the others. Yep. And, and, and it was good to see he had on his serious face. Uh, talk about the serious face. Is he better with that or the howdy doody face? Well, uh, I, you know, it's interesting the howdy doody face. Uh, people have, uh, I've had offhand comments to me about how he doesn't look serious uh, because he just ha- seems to have a twinkle in his eye all the time and smiling. Uh, which I think, I guess... I thought uh, he looked a little grumpy at times last night. I think, and he's probably trying too hard to to counter that, because I'm sure there's image people that are working on this with him. Absolutely. Uh, As your listener points out, uh, the howdy-doody face, I haven't heard it uh, typified that way, but that's that's pretty good. Uh, You're right, he was trying to be serious, he was staring down the camera. The other thing that was odd about that, I found, is uh, that the city TV uh, cameras tended to linger on him longer than he would be staring for forever at the camera when somebody <laughs> thought, else is talking. Yes, I noticed yeah. that too. All right, yeah. uh, Cheryl Collier has been with us, Associate Professor of Political Science, University of Windsor. Cheryl, thank you for the time. We'll chat again. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to chat again. Take All care. right, take care. 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right. uh, We chatted uh, quite a bit when this uh, case broke way back when. Uh, Felicity Huffman, among others, uh, involved in paying, basically paying money, bribing people to get their kids into prestigious uh, U.S. schools. Uh, Felicity Huffman is set to be the first parent sentenced in the college admission scandal today. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how and what the sentence is, considering I think it's, she paid about 15 grand. Uh, there's others that had spent up into uh, six figures to get their kids uh, involved in various universities through this scam. To talk more about all of this, joining us now, Ryan McCormick, uh, uh, Goldman McCormick PR. He's based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and with us now. Ryan, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, it is an honor to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Uh, let's start things off uh, with the debate, since, of course, it happened last night, the Democratic uh, debate, uh, trying to pick a leader for the Democrats, who, of course, will go up against Donald Trump. Your thoughts on what you saw last night? Well, my thoughts on what I saw from a, from a total unbiased perspective is that if you did not have any sleeping medication, you could have watched the <laughs> asleep. What a natural sleep remedy. Well, I think it would have been the same one, the, the Canadian one that we saw up here. But, you know, obviously here we have a Democratic Party that's mm-hmm. trying very hard to define itself. There's a couple of very popular progressive candidates. How do they, how do they balance... Uh, a, a new Democratic Party as well, or uh, with someone who can take on Donald Trump? I, I don't think that any of them have a real real chance. It, you know, there's a gentleman in America named Peter Schiff. He's an economist, and he says this. He said that if the U.S. goes into recession, Trump will lose. If the U.S. is not in recession by the time the election comes around, he's going to win. And he said that's what it is. It doesn't matter what any of these candidates do. And if you look at some of these candidates... You're seeing people that are giving performances, but fundamentally speaking, they seem to all be kind of addressing the same thing. They're just trying to present it in a different way. We had this very interesting moment where Joe Biden looks like he lost his teeth. And that is, I think, what's making the biggest headlines for today, because he's speaking and it looked like his teeth almost fell out. And that Between that and the forgetfulness, how does he avoid that? Or do people oh, just put up know. with that because in the polls say he's the one that can beat Trump? I, or their best chance he, of it. Apparently he can. We don't know what's going to happen. There's something that's going that's happening in the U.S. and the world. I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard about this before, people talking about but it, it, the debt, all this global debt that's coming. It's, mm-hmm. Apparently we're going to have a real, real bad crisis the next time around, and all of our countries are going to be affected by it. But that's that. This we'll, we'll look at this in, in a couple of years from now and probably wonder why this is even happening. I mean, a lot of these candidates are not really addressing fundamental issues. They seem to be doing things on the surface level. So but let's just look at from a PR perspective, who did the best? I don't know. I don't. It, it, some people give performances where they seem normal. I think if you go out and you present yourself and you don't seem like you. You're insane. That's probably a positive thing. <laughs> that gets you to the next box. That gets you to the next level, right? Yeah. If you come off and you present yourself like you're emotionally stable and you're not forgetting things, that is a positive thing. And you can just do that. So I don't know. I think very few people did that. Apparently, Elizabeth Warren got the highest review. She got 7.5 out of 10 reviews from most of the New York media, or most of the national media. So they said that she did good. So. Uh, how much attention do Americans pay to these? I think some of them pay attention. I don't know how much they do. I really, I really don't know. I have to say, like, I, I'm an American and I love the foundation of Americans, but I'm not really thrilled with my fellow countrymen right now. They're they're, they're really asleep at the wheel. They are very unaware of what's happening in their own country. They're they're uh, the very civil liberties that their the, the previous founding fathers fought for. 
died for that they're they're being eviscerated and they have no idea they don't care they they just care about watching this debate so well that pension not Americans are paying attention to it I don't I think some of them are but most people don't really engage a lot of people don't vote even yeah. vote in the elections anymore will that pendulum swing back that self-centeredness you're talking about I don't know I think I think it could potentially if you have a correction and when I say the correction that might be the economic thing but it comes to the point where if you are doing things that are wrong and you're being punished and you're real you're making bad mistakes and you're realizing that there are consequences of those bad mistakes and I think that the pendulum swings in a different direction but as of right now in the US I think a lot of places in the world you have a lot of people that are doing dumb things and there's no accountability for it. They're not getting fired from jobs. They're not dealing with the consequences. I think you see that a lot in governments where you have people that just fail their way to the top. So in a situation where the uh, paradigm is reversed, where people who succeed and make smart decisions progress, and where cultures and nations have moral people and they make smart decisions and they progress, I think that's when we'll see it. But we're not going to see it until we have a, a, some kind of major crisis. Uh, a lot, as you mentioned, a lot of divisiveness, not only in your country, ours too, around the world and such. Uh, very recently, of course, the memorials for 9-11. Uh, we, I, I was writing a piece on this that in the days after, I, I, I never felt um, uh, the unification like that before. The way, the way everyone came together in those days, uh, weeks, months after uh, 9-11, we now seem to be in a very different place. Uh, will it take another disaster, unfortunately, to bring people back together? I think so. I think I think when the 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 world debt bubble. I mean, a lot of countries are going into debt right now, and there's no way out of it. So if all the currencies collapse and we have a severe crisis, that'll probably bring people together. But what I'm really surprised about is why would even take a crisis to bring people together to begin with? I mean, why can't we just look at our fellow human being yeah. and other people and just say, look, you know. I'm a human, you're a human, why can't we just get along? I mean, it, just, it boggles my mind that there'd be so much conflict. And you know, Was 9-11 the start of that conflict, do you think? Do you think this is where we've come to after 18 years? The con- well, that was the inv- I would say that 9-11 was the evisceration of the civil liberties, at least in the U.S., on a magnified scale. That was a terrible, terrible uh, event that occurred that really curtailed a lot of the liberties that people fought for for many years. That was, I would say, the, the rapid decline of... Uh, the heart and soul of what America was founded about. But in terms of when everything kind of declined, I think people have always been at each other's edge, on the edge. And I think it has probably to do with the economic conditions because when people are stressed economically, I think that they, they don't think rationally and you, you revert to that animal-type brain where you, you're thinking about survival. So I think the, the things, uh, where do things kind of change? I think it all really depends on the, the state of the economy. If people can provide for their families, if they can take care of the, the ones they love, I think that everything else is kind of secondary to that. And we see, I think in the U.S. and a lot of places throughout the world, where if people are struggling to, to survive and they're struggling to provide, you'll see much more divisiveness because there's only they, they view them uh, they view the world as limited, having limited resources. But I can tell you something else. Just I'm going to go back from a PR perspective. From a PR perspective, everyone can contribute something to the world just by being nice to other people by listening to others, you know, try to smile, try to crack a joke. If you see someone is a cashier at a store, you know, talk to them, ask them how their day is. All these little things can actually have a profound positive impact. And I do think that all the evil people in the world can be thwarted if enough kind people just, you know, start taking care of everyone else. We can do it. We we, we can be nice to each other. Well said, well said. Let's talk about the college admission uh, scandal. Obviously, Felicity Huffman set to be uh, the first sentence in all of this. 
Um, is this another example of how far society has fallen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's or an is this just a parent? I don't know how far if it's an example. Or is this just a parent looking out for their kid? I, I, I that's the way I look at it. I think that wow, you know, she was willing to take. She's willing to. $15,000 to take care of a kid, and they're saying, well, you know, it's a bad thing that she cheated. I'm like, well, what about every other company that buys off a politician? I mean, are those people – so she paid some money for her kid to, to get to school. Lobbyists pay congressmen to, to switch their positions. I don't know what the difference is <laughs> for anything. So I guess because it's a big deal, they're making a big situation about it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean – the I don't know what's going to happen. I think Lori Logan's going to have a much harder time. At least Felicity Huffman came forward about it. So she may get some community service. Maybe she'll go to jail. I think the fact that she was contrite and straightforward and was kind about things, she pro- I don't know if she's going to get any jail time. What uh, about the amount of money that was spent? Uh, 15000 for her, but uh, there's some others that are well into the six digits right, of all this. Right, And I don't know. It's a hard thing because, you know what, I'm not a parent, I guess. And if I, was, if I had a kid that wanted to go to a certain school... I would probably do whatever I could to get them in there. I mean, I know they say that cheating is wrong, but unfortunately, cheaters, there are a lot of cheaters in the world that are very successful. The world's not an honest place. So it, it, You bring it, up a valid point here, yeah. Ryan. Is Are we naive to sit and get upset about this? Yeah. Are we naive to get upset about this and, and, you know, like you said, hey, it happens all the time? Or on the other hand, is the, are these the times to take the moral ground and say, you know what, uh, lobbying is one thing, but actually physically paying money to get your kid into a program that they're not qualified for, or in some cases, onto a sports team they don't even play the sport, is that where you draw the line? I don't know where you draw the line. I think if everyone's their own their own morality it's a certain place i mean i think there are plenty of other places where you can take a moral stance and i yeah so so they paid some money to get into a school so they paid some money to get into school but i mean all, compared to all the other crimes that are going on at a societal level you know there's this old saying that i learned the hard but way wait a sec ryan isn't that how we got we were just talking minutes ago about how the bar has dropped and blah, 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 yeah. and, the, and the, the leadership we have now i mean is this just not all condoning that is that Maybe this all is. not right. enabling that you know i mean i just talked to you earlier i said you know bad people making bad mistakes not getting punished for it maybe this is a turning point who knows but there's this quote i've always heard about i learned this hard way they said nice guys finish last yeah because when i was dating i was always like i was always saying oh look you know go go out with me i'm the nice guy well you know a lot of girls didn't want to go out with a nice guy they wanted to go out with a bad boy so So that's when you started cheating no i'm just kidding that's when i I started you know putting an earring in and saying yeah by the way i did (laughs) Five or six years in prison, and you know I got a motorcycle, and that actually worked for a little while. But I, I no, I don't know. It, it's like sometimes I guess if, you, if you're if you're cunning and you lie, it's it's really sad. But sometimes you'll succeed in this world. So how are how is the U.S. responding to this? Especially when you get uh, someone like a Felicity Huffman, who's a star. Uh, how how are people just saying, well, like you are? It's just the way it goes. Uh, you know, it's the life we live. The world continues to spin. Or are people saying, wait a sec, here we got to stand up for this stuff? I don't know. I think that some people in the country are really passionate about it. And the same people that are that are passionate about it have their, their houses are on fire. They can't get their stuff together. <laughs> it's another distraction. They're like, you know, this, this Felicity Huffman, she's got to really get her stuff together. Meanwhile, they're behind. And this is why I'm, and Felicity Huffman is why I'm not getting ahead in this world. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I, there's a part of it I can't help but think. It's like, wow, you loved your kids so you could have taken that $15,000 you could have gotten, you could have gone on, a, on an exotic vacation 
and you could have done all these things with that fifteen thousand dollars. But you, 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 you loved your kid. Like, listen, I'm going. I love my kid so much. I'm willing to bribe and take a chance and get into legal trouble because I love my kid. I mean, there's a part about it where I have to say, you know. I don't know. I kind of like that. That's, that's a, I feel like it's a nice thing that he did. He and when you think about it, at 15000 bucks, what's that to Felicity Huffman or any sort of big star? I mean, that's probably like a tennis membership, isn't it? I guess so. I, I, I guess it is. I'm not sure what it is, but I mean, it, it, it's very controversial. But the one I think we should probably really keep the lookout for is Lori Logan because... Because of the amount? Be, well, because of the amount, because she decided not to take the plea deal. Right. And because... You know, we've talked to other attorneys, and they say, well, look, she's in La La Land. She's got a lot of things coming, and they may want to make an example out of her. So you can imagine Lori Logan from Full House, so sweet. Can you imagine her being in prison? I can't, I can't envision it. So I don't know. So and, and the fact that she did not take the plea and uh, Felicity Huffman did, obviously, you know, we'll learn uh, the fate later on. But does, yeah. does one influence the other? I, maybe. I, maybe what will happen is... Maybe if Felicity Huffman goes to goes to prison, they say they're going to go with prison for a month. All those other parents are going to be like, you know, what? I'm not doing that. Uh, no, we just we just got done watching Orange is, is the New Black. We've watched yeah. the old HBO series Oz about prison, and no, they're probably. They're, I don't think that maybe maybe they'll all kind of conform. But it's kind of interesting. It's a very very. Can you see anybody doing time for this? I mean, I, again, there's there's some that are up there the 200 250 range. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's 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 kind of hard to tell because even with the attorneys that we spoke with, that we we communicate with, they say it's kind of up in the air. And a lot of this, a lot of the reasons why they do this is to get publicity for themselves yeah. and to draw this out. Well, so, let's it, talk about this. What yeah. kind of so now you're yeah. Felicity Huffman? You've walked yeah. to court with your tail between your legs. Uh, you're going to pay your fine, whatever it is, uh, and your your community service probably won't do any prison time. What does this do for the career of Felicity Huffman? I think she'll have a chance to come back. I don't think that she she didn't I mean, because she came clean. Because she was straightforward, because she uh, she admitted she made a mistake, and the fact is that I don't think she she came off as malicious. I mean, if she had been you know actively antagonizing people, talking down to people, if there were quotes of her, if they were if she had any kind of audio tape of of her saying racial slurs or you know berating people, I think that would definitely turn public opinion against her. But because we don't see that, because she came forward and was clean about it. I don't think that she's going to. Have, I don't. I can't envision her having a. That I think it'll be a little bit. A little so will the public? Back. That should be okay. Will the public view her case different from the others or Lachlan's? Uh, potentially, I think that public wants to see Laurie Logan Lachlan fall because because she didn't uh, she didn't take the plea deal because yeah. she's pleaded in it because there's so much involved because her kids were were like YouTube Instagram stars yeah and, they're and they were in on it I believe were they not well, whereas Felicity's they, they, they were and they're going on I think they're going on vacations and they're doing all this stuff and yeah. it, you know what's criminally sad about it too is that I think that people get upset because they see people that have things that they don't have yeah so it, I think it's you know subtly speaking it's a, it's a class warfare issue and that's probably why they want to see her fall but I think Felicity will probably come back all right Ryan McCormick has been with us Goldman McCormick PR and thanks as always Ryan much appreciated great honor Wishing you an audience an abundance of love and peace. And again, be nice to people. And have awesome. a great weekend. It's a great thing to do. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML. This is the Scott Thompson Podcast. Available on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast or wherever you get yours. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss a thing. I'm Scott Thompson and thanks for listening.